You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. Hey mentors, just a reminder about the You Can Mentor book. It's titled You Can Mentor, How to Impact Your Community, Fulfill the Great Commission and Break Generational Curses. The whole point of this book is to equip and encourage mentors with new tools and ideas on how to make the most of their mentor-mentee relationship. If you're a mentor, hey, go pick it up. And if you're a mentoring organization, pick some up for all of your mentors. If you would like to order mass copies, like more than 20, send an email to me, zach at youcanmentor.com, and we will get you guys a special price. But go and pick up that book. It's good. You can mentor. Welcome back to the You Can Mentor podcast. My name is Joshua Manning, and I'm here with my very special guest, Taj Spencer. Hello, hello. Before we jump into that and, and who Taj is, I'll bet you all are sitting here thinking, wait, who is who's Josh? Like, where's Zach? Where's John? <laughs> well, allow me to answer that question. I am the editor here at You Can Mentor. I make Zach and John sound pretty and basically make sure they don't say something that gets them canceled. If you want to know more about my story and how I jumped into mentoring, I actually did record an episode when Steven was hosting. That is episode 143. You can go check that out. Actually, that was posted almost exactly a year ago today. So. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. It's interesting how, how time yeah, flies, right? For real. But yeah, I so I had this idea for a podcast series or an episode series more accurately for the podcast. Didn't actually tell John or Zach that I'm doing this. I'm just kind of doing Big it. Secret. So yeah, they're yeah. gonna find out probably the day before this goes out. And I'm just gonna shoot them a text, be like, hey, by the way, I'm doing Here's a series. An and <laughs> this is the next episode. Surprise. Yeah. But yeah, I had this idea for a series. I'd been bouncing around for a little while on just a why I mentor series. I found mm. just over the last year that all of our coaches, everybody here at Forerunner has some kind of story to tell mm. about why they jumped in, especially when you when you think about the dynamics and yeah. and logistics of being a after school programs coach. It's yeah. not a glamorous job. <laughs> it's not a glamorous job and it doesn't pay super well. So Thanks. everybody's got to have a reason why otherwise they wouldn't do it. So I thought it would be cool to just bring some of the coaches on and tell their story of why they mentor, why they chose forerunner, why they jumped in, man, what, six, Good. eight months ago, eight months ago, August of 2022. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Bro, that's, that's a while. It's a while. It's like half a year already. Just uh-huh. like that. And to think about it, it's like a lot has happened in that last six, eight months, right? Like we were, we were thinking about it over in the junior high program and just kind of reminiscing like, you know, the field trips we did Mm. and going to the Mavericks game and and all that. And just like going like, wow, that was, that was four or five months ago. That feels Mm -hmm. like yesterday. Yeah. So anyway, so that's, that's. The, the series is we're gonna we're gonna tell the stories of the men of the coaches and why they mentor. That's I think good. they have some good things to sh- to share. So up first today we have Taj Spencer. Taj, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Who is Taj? Hello. Well, I'm Taj and Spencer. I go by Taj for short, just in case you don't want to say Taj. And then I just graduated from the University of North Florida about almost a year ago. Pretty soon, around in two months, we'll make a year. I mean, I moved straight out to Dallas just to pursue my dreams. It was just on my heart to move to Dallas. Like it was just on my spirit. And I just knew that God called me to be out here. And I just find it so amazing that maybe about two months in, I was able to find something that was aligned with my passion and purpose. And what is your passion and purpose? What a great question, guys. Yeah, um, I, was, I was just about to ask that. I was <laughs> what like, is, what, what is, is your passion, passion and purpose? <laughs> great question. Ever since I was probably like 12 or 13 years old, it's, it's always been on my heart to be a servant leader, mentor, and a public speaker. And I say public speaker for lack of better terms, because I don't like to say motivational speaker or anything like that. 
But basically, I just want to continue to encourage people and help them see the value that they have within themselves and also use my story to to help that. I want to help people maximize their potential as an individual and leader through mentoring. And while I do that, I'm a poet as well. I've published a couple of books, a poetry books, and soon I hope to publish more books that are not poetry related, but more catered towards leadership, mentoring, stuff like that. Yeah. Some of that public speaking type topic. Yeah. All right. So, you know, it's like, why listen to me if, you know, I don't have any credentials or, you know, I haven't mentored, I haven't led kids or anything yeah. like that. So while I'm getting the experience, I'd be gathering up, you know, knowledge and lessons and stuff that I can culminate into a book. So gotcha. Just kind of gaining the wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you graduated from graduated in Florida. And then basically, as soon as you walked across the stage, just like Man. hopped on a plane and came out here. Soon as, soon as they said, this is your last class. I was on the road. <laughs> you were on the road. You didn't even, like, even fly. I was on the road, packed right. up everything and left. Never, never really stayed in Dallas for real. Like I never really even been out here, but I knew since I was like a sophomore in college. I'm, that you were moving out here. That I was coming out here. Dude, I, I can relate so hard to that. Like yeah. that's how I ended up in, in Texas as well. I was, yeah. I was finishing up undergrad mm. and was just answering that question of, you know, what's next. Right. Mm. And was like, well, I don't have the skills to be a lighting designer, even though I just went to school for four years for it. I don't feel like I can be successful. So let's go to grad school yeah. and got the offer for grad school and like had never been to Dallas. Never, like I'd only been to Texas a couple of times, yeah. but never Dallas. I didn't know anybody in yeah. Dallas. I didn't even know where in Texas Dallas was. Tough. Oh my yeah. goodness. I legitimately yeah. thought it was closer geographically. Like if you looked at a map and you yeah. a blank te- map of Texas and be like, where's Dallas? I would have pointed like closer to where Austin is. Oh, wow. I, that's Tough. where I thought I was going. So yeah. I accepted the offer. San Antonio. And then it, <laughs> yeah. I accepted the offer. And the next thing I knew, I pulled up Apple Maps. As soon as I hit send on that email, I was like, okay, where's Dallas? And I was like, oh, that's not at all where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. Tough. All right. So you do public speaking. Yeah. And just around kind of that motivational, like yeah. seeing the value in yourself and yeah. seeing the best in you. Yeah. Being the best you. But you want to get that, that wisdom within kind of the mentoring world. So how did you, how did you hear about Forerunner? How did you get plugged in? You'd only been here for what, two months or so? Yeah. So that's really good. So I have a mentor myself. His name is Jonathan Catherman and me and him had a mentor relationship. He's more of my friend now, but you know, we started a mentor relationship when I was a sophomore in college. That's kind of when I was really going all in. I scrapped out every single plan B that was possible. And I went full in onto what it was that I wanted to do. And him just through mentoring over the years, he wasn't really able to give me a job himself. He didn't right. live where I lived. And he was like, well, you know, I can, you know, see what I can do as far as like who I know, stuff like that. Like we need to Plug get you, you into something. my network. Yeah, yeah. We need to get you into something that's more catered towards your purpose and not just a regular job. You know, you need to build on that. So funny thing, I think he was sending some type of information or statistic to Forerunner oh, yeah. about how to like you know, take statistics for something. I'm not really sure, but it was around that area. So they they were communicating and he was like, oh, by the way, Steven, there's a guy who just moved out to Dallas. You know, I think he'd be a great fit for, you know, your team. I don't know what you guys have available, but you know, like mm-hmm. y'all should meet up. So mm-hmm. I came here, met up with Steven, had a great conversation. I think I was looking for like a full-time position at the time, well, right? Yeah, we all yeah, are. <laughs> right? And I was like, ah, ooh, like- Do I want to? Do I want to take a pay cut for real? Like work part-time? Like how am I uh-huh. going to make it happen? Like this is it's, craziness, right? Yeah, I get it. And I was just working, I was working a job as like a, for a marketing firm where I literally had to go talk to strangers like outside of like the grocery stores and like get them to donate money like to it's like this charity or this nonprofit or whatever. And like that was literally like Monday to Saturday from eight to like seven every Oof. single day. It was just outside. Outside, going and talking to people, to, walking outside. Bro, Man. it was horrible. I had to drive. Like, you had to pay your own gas. They would not cover your gas. You had to drive all the way, like, to Decatur, Texas. Ooh, to, 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 that's a drive. Uh, to, what's that spot called? Denton. All the way down to Waxahachie. Like, they have you drive everywhere. It's kind of like driving Uber and Lyft. You just, yeah. you're responsible for everything, and you don't know where you're going to end up. Yeah, yeah. And that was not it. And I was like, well, you know what? If I take this, like, I know God's going to provide. Like, this is something that he's called me to do for a while. Like, I've been doing stuff like this since I was, like, 12. Even as a student, I was a student leader. I was teaching the right. kids, and they were older than me, you know. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna take the position. I can't do this no more. I'm, I'm losing my soul at this job. Like, there's no oh, way. Yeah, I so to I took that. that. I was able to get another part-time position, and 
it, it just gelled. It happened at the perfect time. Right before program was about to start was right when I got put on. So like I didn't have to, I didn't go through training until yeah like I was gonna say you you didn't go through training week. did yeah. you I, I, you kind of learned on the job learned on the job and literally like maybe a couple of days before program actually started I'd be in doing my training like but, the crash course of like yeah, all right here's yeah. the basics you yeah. need to know but here's. that was day one of kids are in your face you know <laughs> yeah. so but it was cool though because you know again like I've had experience doing that so it wasn't like a <gasps> You know, right. oh my gosh, you have I some do? experience with kids or with yeah, yeah. You know, being a leader. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So you got plugged in right at the end of training. You jumped in with very, very little training from Forerunner. From Forerunner, yeah. You had a mentor. How did you connect with your mentor? You said you guys yeah. weren't really in the same area. So at the University of North Florida, we have the Taylor Leadership Institute. Shout out to them. And also shout out to Dr. Olson. He was he is the like the Golly, sorry, Dr. Oz. I don't know what you are at that, but he's the he's the guy. He's the guy. I don't know what he called the title, but he's the guy. The goat. He's the dude. He basically runs it and the dean? Like, no, not the dean, but like, I don't know. I don't know the lack of, I, I'd spend like a minute trying to figure out what, what his term is. But he's awesome. And he's always like just building people up, helping them see the value within themselves. And I remember when I was a sophomore going through that transition of, okay, you know what? Cause I was an accounting major. And I essentially, I wanted to go to school to be a civil engineer. I wanted to be oh. a civil engineer my whole life. Wow, that's like very different. Super different. But when I realized that I would probably be miserable working a nine to five as a accountant or engineer, and that I just, it, I didn't want it that bad. And I realized, okay, what would I love? What would I love to do every single day of my life that I wouldn't get tired of? And you landed on public speaking. I landed on English. I studied. Oh, okay. I studied English. So I changed my major to English. No plan B's. And I walked in because you know if you want to be a better speaker, you got to read and write. And if you want to yeah. be a better writer, you got to read and write. So a lot, a lot. And that's all you did in English. So that's fair. <laughs> I did that, and then I did the poetry like minor, like concentration, so that you know because I love poetry mm -hmm. and I write poetry. So, but yeah, so I walked into his the office, and I was like, "Hey, Doctor Olson, I just changed my major. I know I want to speak. I know I want to be an author." But I don't know what to do. Like, I need someone who is proficient in these areas, who's making a living, doing exactly the thing that I want to do. Right. And that's who Jonathan Katherman is. You know, he's like a sociologist, but he travels or he traveled around the world, spoken to different schools, businesses, all those things. And he's a best-selling author of multiple books. So it's like he is the epitome of like, I need to do that right there. Gotcha. So he happened to be very close friends with him. And he's like, hey, here's Taj. He kind of connected and you two together. Yeah, he connected, me to, he connected us together, and we've just gelled ever since. You gotcha. know? So cool. that's how I kind of got plugged into to my mentor through, through the school. Okay. So you got plugged in your sophomore year. Did you have any mentors growing up? Or you know, yeah. what, did, what did childhood look like in terms of the guidance hmm. from adults? Man, I love that. So I, I always claim to have, you know, some mentors, people might be your mentor and they don't even know they're mentoring you. You know what I'm saying? In a yeah. sense, because they're, they're influencing you, they're guiding you in some way, shape or form. I always give credit, you know, and shout out to my uncle. He wasn't like my mentor mentor, but he was someone that I could speak to when I was younger. He was someone yeah. that I wasn't afraid to talk to things about. And he helped definitely. It was definitely a shoulder for me to lean on while I was navigating through middle school and high school. But a big passion as to why I want to be a mentor and why I, I love doing what I do is because when I was younger, I grew up in a single family household, you know, parents divorced, stuff like that. I didn't really like where I was in relation yeah. with my parents. And that led me to be very, feel very like lonely. Mm -hmm. um, so I learned to just watch people and see what they do with their lives and then figure out, is well, this going to work for me? Yeah. And then kind of just model your behavior and after that. That's so when I was maybe like 11 years old, no, nah, I like 12 years old, seventh grade. Mm -hmm. I really just, I was asking my mom constantly, how do you become wise? How do you become wise? How do you become wise? What's wisdom? What's wisdom? And that's all I was focused on. I knew that a great way to become wiser, to, to make less bad decisions and avoid, you know, quote unquote pain, which is yeah. totally necessary. But yeah, as a young kid, you don't want to feel pain. Right. So I'm well, like, nobody does. Right. No Even one adults don't want to feel pain. I don't want to feel pain. Right. But it's, it's necessary. Yeah. So I literally just sat and I watched, I watched my mom. I broke down whatever I could understand about her and her life. I broke, I watched my father. I watched my peers, watched my aunties, my uncles. So in a way I feel like, yeah, they weren't necessarily, I didn't necessarily have like a mentor mentee relationship when I was younger. There was one guy, he was like my mentor for maybe like a week. Mm -hmm. um, his name was Mr. Mac. He, he just, he pulled my mom, he pulled me to the side like, yo, you know, I like, you just, you got so much potential, blah, blah, blah. I got with my mom. We probably hung out once. Um, and it was cool, but like it fell off immediately. You know, right. it's, it's a two way street. Yeah. You know, he probably got busy, whatever. 
But other than that, man, I literally just sat and I just watched and kind of maneuvered from there. And I knew that because I didn't have that that person that I could go and talk to when I was younger, when I was, you know, 10 years old in, in elementary school or when I was in high school or middle school, you know, and I was just internalizing everything and understanding it for myself. I'm like, dang, like if someone was there to mentor me and how I'm able to mentor someone else now, like I'd be so much better for it. Yeah. So that's, that's a, a big role as to why I love doing this because I know that there's kids who went through way worse than I went through. And if they just had someone to mentor them, to guide them, to tell them that they believe right. them, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. To just tell them that somebody loves you, honestly. Yeah. 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 So. I, I love that. I mean, there's so many, oh my gosh, there's so many different trails or rabbit trails that I could go down right now. But I love the idea. You just saying like, I didn't have a mentor mentee relationship, but I had all of these adults in my life that I was watching and modeling my life after evaluating what they were doing and whether yeah. that would work or work for me or not. I love that just because, I mean, at Forerunner, like our primary value is what relationships change, change lives, lives, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, you know, we, we have this mindset here that any relationship that we are in affects us in some way, whether yeah. that's good or bad, yeah. but you know, relation relationships change lives. It, yeah. It's inevitable. It is, yeah. you know, the same as like a law of physics, right? It, it just is yeah. right. And I think that's the way that we are created as humans, right? Mm. Like God created us that way to be relational. Yeah. So I love the idea that you didn't necessarily have a specific mentor in your life, but that you pulled kind of all like your worldview from all of these different yeah. adults, because it's, it's almost like group mentoring, but yeah. in reverse. Yeah. Facts. Right. It's, yeah. I have a group of mentors mentoring me, not yeah. I'm mentoring a group of mentees, Mente yeah. which is very much what being in after school well, programs yeah, coach is kind of like. <laughs> yeah. So there are definitely days where you're just like, how do I mentor 15 kids at uh, the yeah, same time? At once. <laughs> in all different moods, all different yeah. attitudes, all different, different personalities. You know, all different needs, emotional needs. Yeah. yeah it's, there are days that can get a it's little something. overwhelming. Yeah. So I want to, I want to stay in that same vein though. You kind of, been alluding to it a little bit but just point blank like how has mentoring changed your life yeah and i think the heart behind that question is more like you mentoring others how has that changed your life but yeah. you can also spin that into how has being mentored yeah in this group mentoring setting yeah how has that changed your life i'll definitely hit on both so once i actually started to be mentored uh, because i was always one of those people as to where if I can go do it, like I'm gonna do it. And if I don't know how to, I'm gonna ask and figure out mm -hmm. how to do it. Like I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna make it happen. And once I realized that there are things that are outside of myself that I didn't understand, that I was ignorant of, I didn't know about, stuff like that. Kind of that you I don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Then I, so when I finally got connected with Jonathan, like I remember I, I literally just spoke about this at the at UNF. They had me come back and speak to them for one of their leadership summits. It's called like Taylor Talks instead of TED Talks. Yeah. But when I was speaking to them, I was basically telling them like, you know, Jonathan didn't teach me how to become a leader. But what he taught me was how to be a great steward, right? And it's mm. always practicing stewardship before leadership. So through that, Jonathan and learning like just those kind of gems, that changed my whole perspective on how I viewed where I was and how I would get to where I wanted to go and kind of just breaking down, okay, cool. How can I be a good steward? I need to be prepared. I need to be ready. Okay. Well, what does it mean to be ready? All right. It means I need to be mentally there. I need to like have the willingness to do it. Uh, I, want, I need to want to do it or have the right perspective and I need to be able to do it. I need to be skilled in it and I need to have the tools to do it. And if I don't have any of those things, then I'm not ready for it. So I was able to constantly evaluate, okay, I need tools. Okay. No, I need the skills. Okay. Now actually I just need to fix my mindset. I already have the tools and the skills. Yeah. And that just kind of propelled me into the direction that I'm still on now. And even when it comes to just with the kids, my understanding of how important being a steward is because stewardship is like, that's what drives you into leadership. Cause to some like leader could just be like less than a, a little more than the title. Like, Oh, I'm leader. I'm CEO. I'm leader of everybody. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. I'm in charge. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're not being a good steward of the things that, you, that are entrusted into your care, then like probably how, not going to be a leader for very long. Yeah. Or you're not going to be a good one. You know, yeah. you'd be a leader, but you probably won't be a great leader or a good leader. So, now that I have that understanding and there's so much more that I'm going to be learning, but with the kids, now I can help them understand that. Cause I didn't get that until I was mm -hmm. 19, 20 years right. old. If I can help them understand that at 10 and 11 years old, 
It's so different. Yeah. So basically now my perspective is, okay, Taj, what are the key things that you wish you would have learned when you were mm, younger that, so that would push you with them? Because they're not, they're, they're, they're kids. Yeah. They're not going to understand stuff. You know, it's like most of the time you talk to them, you're like, mm, you understand when you're older. You'll, you'll, you'll get it right. when you're older. You're like, you know? just pocket it for just wait pocket it for now yeah in, yeah. in, in 15 years maybe you'll be like oh. oh that's what he was talking about yeah so now i'm just like okay how can i just spoon feed this to them so the yeah. biggest things that i focus on with the kids and it helps me evaluate myself and where i'm at still is the stewardship and being proactive instead of reactive right proactive instead of reactive so, dig into that what does that mean being proactive is basically doing things that you can do something about right okay so if if it's in my circle of control, then I can do something about it. Right. Being reactive is not taking control of the things that you can control and mm -hmm. just letting things happen and then therefore reacting. And then after having that. to deal with the consequences after. Or letting the actions of others, things outside of your control again, affect you. Right. So a lot of things with our kids and me, you know, I had very bad anger issues growing up, mm -hmm. very bad attitude. I was fighting, you know, angry, not fun. Right. But all of that is from a reactive state. People yeah. are saying this to, about me. People said this about my mom. People said this about my shoes. I'm mad. I'm going to fight you now. Oh, people thought this about me. So I'm mad. I'm sad. I'm going to fight you. Now. And it's not okay. It's okay to be, feel those emotions. Right. But when we let those things control our lives, that's where we get in trouble. And that's where a lot of our young kids get in trouble still. That's how every young kid gets in trouble. It's yeah. more because they're caught up in their emotions and they're just reacting instead of controlling what they can control. What's yeah. what, what they have uh, agency with. So, when it comes to them, I'm constantly preaching like, okay, guys, yeah, he, he just said something about your mama, but did that physically hurt you? Probably not. Did he slap you? No. I know you're mad, but you don't have to go punch him in the face. Right. You know, like, you don't have to take that extra step. Yeah. You are in control of the decisions you make, right? Mm, you, are the so sum of your, you are the sum of your choices. Yeah. So, yeah, he made you mad. Yeah, she made you sad, but... You don't have to act in that way. Instead, yeah. you can turn it and do something else, you know, mm -hmm. challenge or do nothing, you know? Right. So that's one of the biggest things that I'm trying to teach them because, you know, it can definitely grow. And, you know, that, that victim yeah, mentality, that oh, this of... happened to me. And so I had to do that. And blah, that happened to me. And these kids are too smart and too filled. Like they are in this like crazy technology age, like one that I've never even, I can't, oh, when yeah. I was younger, like the iPhone was just coming out, you know, I, I mean, I was in high school. You know what I'm saying? I was in middle school, out. like, oh, okay. iPhone one, you know, the silver back. Cool. Yeah. They grow up with, of a phone. with VR headsets and like their, their access to technology and, and their understanding of it is crazy, yeah. which makes their capacity for learning even higher mm -hmm. than the previous generations. So, for them to have that much potential and to squander it by not learning how to either one, take accountability for their actions and steward the things that have been entrusted into their care and then not be able to analyze and hold themselves accountable to the things that yeah. they can control. Instead, just let everybody else affect them. Like we're not doing a good job at guiding them then right. if we let that happen. Exactly. So that has been one of the biggest things. And I can only have, I would have only, I have only gotten to this space here because of my understanding with what my mentor had yeah. taught me then. So that's yeah. kind of just my biggest focus now, like reactive, proactive, and then how can you be a good steward? You have to take care of the things that you have. Mm -hmm. If you're a student, your grades, you know, turning in your homework, that's being a good steward. You know, if you're, you're a kid, being a good steward is also making sure that you're being a, a good son, you know, a good daughter. You know I mean, this is an all boys program, but right. still, if your mom tells you to do something, bro, suck it up and do it. You just got to do it. It is yeah. what it is. Yeah. You, know? I, you can be mad, sad, angry, whatever, but you get it done and you just practice that stewardship because mm -hmm. in life, there's going to be so many things that you're going to have to do that you don't want to do. And yeah. it's just oh, yeah. like, so if we can get them, if I can get them to at least just understand one of those three things, then I would it's have like done my job. Yeah. 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 So I love that. I, in the junior high program, especially when there's those fights, we... I take it one step forward or farther in our, in our discipline conversations. Right. I yeah. drill, of course I drill home on the, like, just because he said something doesn't mean you get a smack Oops. to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's not helpful and that's just escalating. But I also tend to slip into that conversation somewhere and it's never always in the right or the same place. But yeah. I try to always emphasize just this idea of like, you become what you practice. Facts. Right. So like if you're right, if, you're in junior high right now, seventh, eighth grade, you're 13, 14, like the stakes are low. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Right, you get in a fight. What's going to happen? Maybe you, you get suspended. suspended. I, ISS, right? Yeah, whatever. ISS, OSS, something like that. Yeah. Like maybe you get suspended. Probably mm. you get suspended, especially at Lake Highlands mm. Junior High. But what you're doing right now, if you're angry and you mm. get in a fight, all you're doing is you're practicing how you're Being going to respond when you're 18, 19, 20. And the next thing you know, especially like, I mean, forerunners not in a great neighborhood, like. Yeah. You get in a fight with the wrong person around here, you're you're gonna get shot, right? Yeah. So it's just it's the sad reality of yeah. just this area. Yeah, there's so much gang activity around here, and that's why we're here. Is that we're we're trying to find those kids that are prone to that, or I mean, ultimately, you know, we're here to to serve students who don't or boys specifically who don't have father figures in the home. Yeah, but the the sad reality is that they're the, also the most likely to end Fall up in that. those gangs yeah. and drug activity and criminal activity and like we we want to help them see their potential and fulfill it and yeah. so you know i always try to slip in like the you you become what you practice so if you're practicing right now getting in a fight and responding to your anger which is totally justified like yeah. you can be angry that's not a problem yeah. like if we if it was a sin to be angry we god would not have made us with <laughs> anger <laughs> right if you're practicing responding to that anger by lashing out and acting out and fighting and hitting yeah. and, you know, just all on brawl, yeah. which some of these seventh graders, I don't know if you've seen them. Some of these seventh graders are as big as me and I'm like six, four and two fifty. <laughs> no, like, the kids are getting bigger and bigger. They, they're like 14 yeah. year old cousins are like six, three. Yeah. They're getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Like last year we had two kids who were as tall as me and much larger yeah and i told them at the end of the year i was like i'm super oh. thankful that neither <laughs> of you decided to get in a fight especially with each other because Thanks. if you guys decided to go at it you gotta get there's <laughs> literally nothing yeah, i can yeah, do you gonna have to finish that one bro. <laughs> yeah but Just i wait <laughs> yeah but i try to slip in that that idea because it's like if you're practicing that now yeah it's gonna matter in five years yeah and it's gonna right? come like this. and it's and five years is literally right down the we line we were just talking about like August feeling like it was yesterday, like yep. five years is only going to feel like a week from now. Right. Yeah. So it's like, if you're practicing that now at 13 and 14 in five years when it matters, because if you hit somebody when you're 18, what's going to happen? Yep. You get charges. You're going to get charges. Yep. You're probably going to spend some time behind bars. That's not what we want. Right. That's yeah. not our goal. So part of casting that vision for them, helping them to see their potential is like, you are a man of God. Yeah. You can respond with love to these things that make you angry, make you sad, whatever. You're having a bad day. I get it, yeah. right? You know, if you're having a bad day, you can always be like, yo, Coach Josh, I'm having I'm a bad day. Yeah. yeah, I'm not feeling it. I'm like, cool, there's a chair over there. You can go yeah. hang out there, be on your phone. I'll make sure that the rest of the kids leave you alone so that you can kind of just have some time to yourself. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things with the kids. Like, especially like I remember being fifth grade, you know, sixth grade. That's the boys that I coach right now. But like some of the kids, they'll come in, Tell her not having a good day. You know, they want to throw chairs, curse throw at people. through the window. Right? <laughs> and it's like, okay, bro, this is a well, great lesson. You're upset. You're mad. You're irritable. Got you. I get that way too. Now let's communicate that. Let's practice it. I, I, I'm not going to read your mind. Hey, Coach Taj, I'm not feeling it right now. You don't even have to tell me why. Thank you for telling me. What would you mm -hmm. like to do? How can I support you? All right, I need to... I need to go take a break. I need to go sit down. I need to go lay down. Bet. Go ahead. Right. Cause a yeah. lot, again, especially for men too, like we, we, we not really taught, we aren't really taught how to communicate our emotions. No. In right? fact, it's almost like our society tells us the opposite, opposite. to yeah. hide our emotions. Yeah. I don't want our kids to miss out one of those vital lessons. Cause again, you, you practice like the things that you practice now will turn into those habits later. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you're able to communicate to coach Taj, Hey, I'm, I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm sad. I just need some time off. All right. Let's go take that time because now yeah. you're practicing analyzing where you are, verbally communicating that. And then also when you have a wife. Like, I was going to say, it sets like, you up for. These are things that will set you, like, and these are such gems, like, and they're so simple in the time. And the kids might not see the fruit of it right now, but just being able to. But as soon as to, they're married and they're like, hey, honey, I'm feeling X, Y, Z. Hey, man, you, you just made me angry. <laughs> and they'll be like. Let's have this conversation later, please. Right. <laughs> I need to go lay down or something self-regulate some yeah way. so yeah. it's it's so important for us to, to do that with those kids because again you know uh you, you that you are like I, I like to i like i always read like you know you're the sum of your choice but the things that you do now they're going to be the things that you continue to practice and they're going to be yeah. stuck with you and it's hard to break a habit oh it's so, so hard you know i think we both can yeah. relate to that <laughs>
But yeah, that's so good though. So we've talked a little bit about like who mentored you. We talked about the, we've talked about like how mentoring has changed your life yeah. and both being mentored, but also being a mentor. Mm-hmm. Why don't we jump into just some of the growth you've seen in your students, right? You coach the five to six yeah. grades, which means that next year I get some of your class because I'm junior high, so I'm seventh <laughs> and eighth. So basically I'm adopting whatever you've been teaching them because yeah. I'm inheriting that yeah. next year. So you you coach the fifth through sixth grade, so they're what, 10, uh, 11, 12, 11, 12, 11, yeah, 12 10, 11, yeah. 10, 11, somewhere in there. Yeah. Which means they're like just starting to hit puberty. They're one just one mustache hair. Everything changes, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a that's so much fun. <laughs> but yeah, they're just starting to hit puberty. Maybe just starting to notice girls. Whatever. Yeah. It's like what you've kind of already drilled on the like what you're what you're drilling down on with them. The, yeah. The remind me of the passion. Oh, about yeah, yeah. like uh, the being a good steward. Yeah, and, being a good know, steward and the reactive, reactive, proactive versus yeah. reactive. So you, those are kind of what you're targeting. Yeah. How how, how have you seen your Man. kids grow in those areas? Do you have any stories? Do oh, you yeah. have any? Yeah, just. I paint, got, us, paint us a picture yeah, of man. fifth and sixth grade in the after school program at Forerunner. Goodness gracious, I have a lot of stories, and a lot of them are like small ones. So we'll say Elijah. When we first started, when I first met him. He would get an attitude, shut down completely, and then just throw a fit the rest of the day. That was where he was emotionally. And I understood exactly where he was coming from because that's what I would do. Yeah, I'm mad. I'm tears coming down my face. I'm angry. I want to hit somebody. And I just won't say nothing. But it's not healthy. So constantly, 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 like I would go to Elijah. Okay, Elijah, what's going on, bro? <sighs> I need you to speak English, Elijah. I I don't know know what that means. I don't have the gift of tongues. Right? Like, I'm here to help you, right? I understand you're mad. I get it, right? And for a long time, maybe for like two, three months, Mm -hmm. bro would just be like, and then, you know, like, you know, just so like you want to, he wants to talk, but it's so hard to get it out of him because he's so used to just holding it, holding it, holding it. But almost like he doesn't have the language. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... I remember, I forgot what happened. Maybe he got slapped in the back. You know, it could be anything with these kids, bro. Anything. Either someone got slapped in the back of the head, someone looked at this person this type of way and they took offense to it. Like, somebody took your pencil. Right. Chairs flying everywhere, tables flipped, like craziness. And he just got like into a rage, like immediately. And he starts like, he like cursed at him and he moved away. And I'm like pushing him back, like, bro, like, come on now. And he's trying to push me. And obviously, we're bigger than the kids, but some of these boys are strong. But oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> we're bigger than kids. I'm like, Elijah, bro, this fight, this is not, this is not a fight. You're not going to win this fight. Let's just go somewhere else, bro. So I finally get him, like, calm down into the corner. And I'm like, bro, I'm here for you. Like, just take your time. What's going on? And then he finally, like, instead of just like, you know, mumbling everything. He's like, this person did this, this person did this. How did I make you feel? Bro, it made me mad, this blah, blah, blah. And he's just like telling me everything. And I'm wow. like, all right, this is awesome. Yeah. Okay. Now, like, how can I serve you? Like, what do you need right now? Mm. Do you just want to chill? Do you just want to just go with another group? Do you want to just go outside? Like, what do you want to do? Shoot some hoops. You want a snack? You know, Ooh. some of these boys just hungry. You yeah. Know? They just hungry. You want a snack? He's like, okay bro let's go get you a snack and then like you know he's finally but like the fact that he was able to verbalize what happened how he felt about it why he why he was going to do what he was going to do and then how he could uh take himself out of that was amazing a great win you know do you remember the old snickers oh yeah you're not you when you're hungry (laughs) (laughs) this guy that's just acted like a giant t-rex or whatever they're like bro eat a snickers yeah yeah No, that's, that's facts, though. It's so real, yeah, especially, especially with, with kids. kids. Yeah. yeah, these kids, boy, they hungry, bro. Don't even talk to them. Like, they need food. But <laughs> Give them that, food and then yeah. let them calm down for a yeah. minute. Yeah. But that, that was a good win with them. Uh, some other wins that a lot of my students start to do now is they remove themselves from the situation. Oh, my Ooh. gosh. I be wanting to cry when I see it, bro. It makes me so happy. Please tell me some of them are sixth graders. <sighs> I hope. I think so. I Beautiful, because so. I can yeah. use that. I think so. But, like, a lot of the times... The boys, they don't back down, right? Yeah. You know, when they you don't step up down. to them, they're going to... They just go back and forth, back and forth. Sometimes to the point where I'm like, bro, if y'all want to just be best friends, go ahead and do it because y'all just like bothering each other at this point. Y'all bother each other on purpose, complain to me about it. I don't want to hear about it. Y'all want this, 
be friends or just leave each other alone. Like <laughs> those are your two options. <laughs> like please. So <laughs> so they'll just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I think, well, hmm, I'll say Emmett. Emmett was also another kid who catch an attitude, like a lot of attitude problems with these yeah. boys. And I get it. I was the same, you know. But he catch an attitude, sucking his teeth, doing all this other stuff, stand stuff under his breath. People make it for, like cool. And he's like, Kosage, like, he keeps saying this. He keeps touching me. He keeps touching me. He keeps touching me. So why haven't you moved yet? I was here first. Okay, so you don't, then obviously him touching you isn't that much of a problem. So you just want to complain about it. No, I hate, okay, so then move, right? Yeah. You have, you, you can't control him touching you, right? You can't what control, you can control but what you, you can't control is where you are. You can get up and you can walk somewhere else. Now, if, if he, he follows, follows you, you, that's on him. He's the one that's problem. But you need to remove yourself from the situation. Yeah. Oh, well, if he hits me, then, you know, I'm going to, no, because look, you get up, you go across the room, you sit on the other side of the bench, you sit on the other side of the line, the square, whatever we're at, and he follows you, he's the one in trouble, not you, because I've recognized that you saw that there was a problem and you did what you could to move yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't control what people say to you. Again, this is what I'm talking about. You can't control what people say to you. You can't control what they do to you, but you control how you respond to it. And yeah, that's, that's so, so just to see. Like how, because Emmett's not the only one who would move himself. Like even one of the, like, I think literally maybe like two, not two days ago, but last weekend, last week. So Friday, yeah. one of our boys, Lincoln, his brother came, smacked him dead in the face. Bow! Giggled a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I can just imagine, because I know, I know that I'm, I can just boys, imagine. They go at it, bro. Oh, they go at it. And Lincoln so was literally. surprising to me. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, this is your brother. Like y'all should be taking care of each other, not abusing each other. <laughs> yeah. Y'all like, should be best friends. Like, for, come on now. But he was livid. And I could tell he was just waiting and waiting and waiting. For when Logan will drop his guard so he can go get him back. Mm -hmm. Get his get back, as they say. Yeah, I want to get, get his... my get back. Blah, blah, blah. And he just sat there angry. And I'm like, all right, Lincoln. I recognize you're angry, bro. I get it. He just slapped you in the face. I'd be mad too. That probably stuck a bit. Yeah, he definitely did. But this right here, this is going to, this is, is what you do is going to tell me about your character. That's what speaks on your character, right? Mm -hmm. You're a man of God. You know, he, a lot, revenge belongs to God. We don't got to worry about none of that. You know, he's going to get what's coming to him. You reap what you sow. So for you, I, I need you to help me. We need to figure out how we're what we're going to do today to make sure that we don't retaliate because those, those two will, will make it go on for weeks, just I'll back and it. forth, back and forth, back and forth. So we need to end this now. And you are in control. The ball is in your court. Again, you can't control. You can't control. You just slap the crap out of you. But you can, you can control how you respond, how to, you respond to it. Yeah. So for the longest, he sat there quiet. And I'm just sitting there waiting patiently. A lot of times they just, some of the boys just want you to be there. Yeah. Like, Sometimes, you they know, they just need to know somebody's there that cares. Yeah. You know, yeah. and sometimes, you know, I, I fall, I don't want to say fallen because, you know, you do have to kind of recognize, choose your battles. There'll be some times where the boys are just quiet and they just want to see how long you'll stay. But I ain't got time for that, bro. I, I got, I got to, I got to tend to another 12 kids. You know, you're, you're like, you know that you, it's group mentoring. you know, I got saying? 12 kids. Like you, it's either we're going to do this now or you can tell me, come back later. I'll talk to you, but just know I'm here for you, but I'm not going to sit here and play with you. Like, right. you know, go back and forth. But he's sitting there like, come on, Lincoln. And he's not, now he's nodding his head. Cool. Five minutes later, Lincoln, I I need you to speak English, bro. Like, I need you to use your words. This will make this communication so much easier. Yeah. Oh, now he's sighing, making noises. I'm like, okay, Lincoln, we're so close. And then he's like, I just need you to trust me. I'm like, trust you for what? Just trust that I won't hit him. And like, now he's able to just spill out all these things and tell me like, okay, I'm not going to hit him. You know, I'm going to stay away from him. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And now he's like verbally saying it. So it's not me telling him, but not only is he saying it, but he's hearing himself say it. Yeah. I'm like, all right, Lincoln. Don't break my trust. But again, you go from nonverbal whatsoever in a straight rage to be able to communicate yeah. what you're going to do, how you're going to respond, and what you're not going to do. So it's mm -hmm. like those are just great wins. And almost every single one of my boys have like practiced removing themselves, committing to me that they're not going to do whatever it is that they really, really, really want to do. Yeah. Or just like, you and, know, and even still. Yeah, and even that is... I mean, we, we tell them the five traits of a man of God, responsibility, humility, integrity, leadership, and respect, right? Yeah. They all know that. Like, you can ask any kid yeah. who's been at Forerunner for longer than a week. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Day two, they know, bro. <laughs> and you can be like, what are the five traits of a man of God? And they'll be like, responsibility, humility, integrity, leadership, and respect. We made a rap out of it. Yeah. I mean, they know it. And so, even in those moments, like, you're not only just mentoring them and like, how you're responding, Right. Or how yourself. to respond, but A, how to respect yourself and others, 
but also how to be a man of integrity, yeah. right? Because you're saying like, I need you, like they're committing to you. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not about to go smack this kid. Yeah. Right. And they're committing that to you. And then them following through on that is yeah. literally integrity. Because I mean, it's just part of being a, a coach and group mentoring is you can't have eyes on every kid, every second of the day. Thanks. You got to just trust that they're capable of relating to each other. Yeah without getting into super smash bros yeah, right? yeah so it's like you know we're just by the nature of the program and and how we're set up and structured like we're instilling in them a sense of integrity especially yeah. after we've already had the conversation of we're not doing this right yeah. and they're like no i'm not gonna do that and then them following through like you can even then go back and praise that and be like i'm so Lincoln, right. yeah you know you're you're such a man of god you have just such a strong sense of integrity. Thank you for following through on that. Yeah. Right. And then that, that, in, you know, builds on top of itself. Yeah. So one of the things, even within that, like, you know, you're talking about how a lot of your, pro your process is just pulling them aside, letting them kind of cool down and sit down and, and whatnot. And that can take, you know, five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, whatever. Yeah. One of the things that I do in the junior high that I've found to be, fairly successful it at least helps kind of expedite that process a little bit mm. is and i'm gonna try really hard to not get super nerdy about brain science but there's thirty thousand foot view there's two parts of your brain the limbic system the prefrontal cortex prefrontal cortex is logic and reasoning limbic system is literally like it's been nicknamed your lizard brain right it's that reactive state yeah <clears throat> so what i do is to kind of help expedite that process of getting them back into their prefrontal cortex from their limbic system is I do something that I call, I disrupt their thinking, right? Kid gets in a fight their emotions are high, angry, whatever. Right. Yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. We're going to talk about this because y'all just got in a fight, but I can't talk to you until you can start speaking English. Thanks. Right. Like I cannot, I can, anything I say until you've calmed down, is irrelevant yeah. right so what i do is i break up the fight or whatever the problem is right i pull the pull one of them out into the hall usually the more angry of the two and the first thing i do i let them breathe for you know a good 15 20 30 seconds or whatever yeah. just to kind of start to start Trying to self-regulate a little bit yeah but usually by then they're still steaming right they're still you know they're still in fight or flight mode or Thanks. whatever usually fight mode and then what i do is i'm like How's school going? Yeah. And they're like, huh? what? And they're like, can we just talk about whatever it is we need to talk about? And I'm like, we'll get there. How's school going? Fine, I guess. Okay. What's, what's the best part of today? What, you know, what was something cool that happened? Yeah. You know, and then after a little bit more grumbling and whatever, all right, how's your mom doing? Mm. Right. And I'm literally talking about, I'm, I'm literally just making small talk with them. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about anything other than what just happened. Yeah. Right. Because I know that as soon as I start talking about that, especially if they're still worked up, like, right back up. it's going to, yeah, all that emotion is going to come right back up and they're going to shut down again. So, you know, it's literally talking about anything, you know, it could be the Cowboys, it could be the Mavericks, it could be the yeah. latest music video they're watching or TikTok or whatever. It's yeah. like, find something. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And it's so cool because you can literally see the shift, right? Mm. It's like, as you're talking, it's like something clicks in them and they're back into actually processing things. And you're like, okay, cool. Now, yeah, what just happened? Facts. And then they can start to actually intelligently like tell, tell you, you what's going on. What's going on. Yeah. And then we dig into the whole like, okay, how did that make you feel? And what is a better response? And you know, you practice what you become or you become what you practice, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. But it all starts with how do I get you re-engaged yeah. and through the limbic state yeah. as fast as possible? Because I got 12 kids and one coach. Unlike you guys where you got five coaches for Facts, like 40. 30 kids. Like oh, it's no. me and JT. <laughs> it's like any, every minute I'm in the hall is one more minute for something bad to go, go on yeah. inside. So it's like I got to get through that as quick as possible. But yeah. it's I've just had a lot of success with that. So. That's good. And I like that, the uh, man of God characteristics, because even with just the respect part, like I always think like, think about your future self 
Cause that's that's what got me through. Yeah. Every from twelve years old, I've been thinking about what I'm gonna be doing when I'm twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. How I'm gonna take care of my wife and my kids. I'm twelve, bro. Don't even have bills yet. But I'm always thinking about future. Barely self, interested in girls, right? You know. So even in those actions of just like, okay, I'm gonna take a step away. Okay, I'm gonna calm down. I'm not gonna act this way. I'm, you know, I'm gonna just gonna walk away this time. Like you are respecting yourself yeah. more than like more than just a person. Like who? Not I'm not gonna say who cares, but to you, it's like who cares. I'm going to protect myself by not acting. Right. Because when you get older again, and we're, we're, we're not, we're 20 now and you outside, you're with your friends, someone steps to you some type of way that you didn't like respecting yourself. looks like just going home mm-hmm. instead of trying to buck Removing up yourself. and you know, now, now, now you got something on you that you don't need. Now, yeah. now you have a charge. Now you have this, now you're in a fight. Now you, so it's like, there's just so much that there's so much value in those characteristics that they can embody. And it goes for just, cause a lot of times they're like, Oh, it's, Outward, it's outward, yeah. you know. After that it's that victim mindset. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, yeah. it's really good. Cool. All right, last last question. We've kind of talked about it a little bit, but we'll do this question and then kind of wrap it up. Do it. What is the why? This is the this is the epitome of the episode. It's the title of the episode. Yeah, why? What is the why behind mentoring for you? Why do you mentor mm. kids from hard places in Lake Highlands, in Dallas, at Forerunner Mentoring. Why are you here? That is good. I know I kind of spoke about it a bit, but while I'm thinking about it now, I recognized when I was younger that the if I wanted to change the world, right, not only would it have to start with me, but it'd start with my family. It start with how what wife I chose, the dynamic that we have, mm-hmm. and then when we have children, how we raise our children up to be. Obviously, we only have so much control because yeah. they will be their own agents. But if I was able to culminate a specific type of, you know, build with God, you know, a specific type of identity, a specific type of direction with my children, then they would have influence and impact on others and others and others. Right. And that's how I kind of culminate. That's how I saw that. But the biggest thing was the children. It started with the kids. Everything that I learned, I learned from, like I learned from being a child. Right. You know, most of our 20s, you know, is unpacking your childhood. And then try, you know, <laughs> working through all the trauma of the childhood so that you're you know? good for the 30s. Right? So there's just so much importance on being a child and what you learn and what you see. And that has the biggest, like what you get from those 18 years will affect you the rest of the 60 years yeah. that you're alive. And I know that I always view myself as like a vessel. Like I'm not supposed to be here. I have so many stories of how, I almost died and all these different things. And, you know, I know that God has definitely placed me here to, 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 to be that vessel to pour. And if I know that this starts with the kids, my biggest thing would be to go back to the kids. So the fact that I am able to work with the the middle schoolers, the elementary schoolers and be able to help guide their young minds and do something that I wasn't really able to do for myself and that I didn't have anybody, you know, not too many mentors or anything mm-hmm. until I was 20. You know, I didn't really have that person when I was 12, 15, 10 years old. I can help them and kind of, again, help cultivate them, help push them, help raise them into that next leader, you know, so that they can therefore impact their peers, yeah. their peers, their peers. And it just kind of keeps that that cycle going. It's almost like that domino effect. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I see each child, you know. One of these kids are going to do something that will change the, the way the world works. You know what I'm saying? What if it's something in technology? What if it's becoming the president? What if they just, whatever the case may be. Man, that you would know? be so cool. Right. To like be, be the mentor on one of these kids and 30 years from now, be like, he's president. And I'll be like, Whoa. That's crazy, right? Yeah. But that's how much potential they have. Yeah. And if we are not able to step in now and when they're young and help them see that for themselves, then we're doing them a disservice because yeah. it does start with them. Your personality, like you your, 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 like your base personality is already cultivated when you're like four or five years old. And then everything you learn after that is built upon that. So by the time you're like 18, 17 years old, you're basically who you're going to be for the yeah, rest of your life until much. something traumatic happens, whatever. So why not focus on those years now right. before we get there? So that is my why. My why is the children are so important in my childhood. Obviously, everybody's childhood was such a vital area and that will make or break the rest of your life. And because I recognize that and I recognize that God has gifted me so many talents and a passion to do this and the skills and the capabilities to do this, to go and pinpoint and go back to where it started for me and to be able to help them avoid things that I eventually went through. So obviously you're going to have to run through some walls, but 
you have the right mindset, you know, the walls will. The walls of plywood, not <laughs> right. concrete. Right, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Everything you're talking about, just it reminds me of Proverbs 22, 6. And I think this is where we'll leave everybody is with just this Bible verse that I almost feel like sums up literally the whole episode. Mm. Uh, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. He will never depart from it. Even when he is old, he will not, not depart from it, right? It's yeah. this idea of like, if we're investing into these kids, on the front end when they're six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, all the way into high school. By the time they're 18, 19, especially when they're 40, 50, 60, yeah. right, they will not depart. And that's not a guarantee. I mean, everybody's their own agent, right? And that's yeah. not the heart behind Proverbs. Proverbs is wisdom, not promises, right? Thanks. But it's this idea of like, you will never regret pouring into your children or your mentee or Whoever, whatever children you have influence over, you will never regret pouring into them if yeah. you're teaching them the right way they should go, the biblical way they should go, yeah. because they will hold on to that in the future, right? Mm-hmm. I know that's part of my story. It sounds like it's part of your story. Yeah. It's a huge part of my whole family's story. That's probably four episodes on our own. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I just, I love everything that you're saying there. You know, your why is because you want to invest in the next generation yeah and to build up a new generation of godly men who will then train up their generation or their next generation it yeah. becomes this domino effect of spreading the kingdom yeah it's so good yeah it's good Well, Tosh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You are a public speaker, which means you probably have some kind of business. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> if, if a listener wants to reach out to you and, I don't know, schedule something to yeah. for you to come speak, how, how would they do that? Yes. Go to my Instagram. That is one of the best ways to follow me. I post motivational videos all the time and poetry as well. And that is tajadin.spencer it's my full name I should just put taj.spencer but there's a lot of tajes there's a lot of tajes really tajadin.spencer t-a-j-u-d as in dog i-n dot spencer so that would be the best way. Reach out. Reach out. Um, through if you want to speak to your coach, like to speak to your your kids, and you're a coach or Ooh, go to your teams. yeah football team, basketball team. I, like I just mentioned earlier, I was just invited to go to UNF and keynote their leadership summit over there. So wherever you are, if you have people who group of learners uh, who yeah. want to learn how to become a better steward and maximize their potential better as leaders. an individual and leader, then. I'm that guy. Awesome. I'm your guy. So, yeah. Cool. Well, I'll definitely be linking all that in the show notes. We'll, we'll connect and Bet. get yeah, you know, you. your your Instagram, but also links to your books because I'm oh, people yeah. love yeah. to check out some of that poetry. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll link all that. <laughs> hey, we're going to make you a bestseller. Right? Yeah, we'll we'll link all that down in the show notes for y'all so that you can just quickly hook over the connect with, with mm-hmm. Taj. And... Yeah, listener, if you've made it this far, you know how this ends because it ends, we're, what, 180-some-odd episodes in. It ends the same way every single time. If you've missed everything else in this episode, remember this. You can mentor. Have a great day. We'll see you.